You're listening to the Passion Church Podcast. We believe that today's message will help you thrive in your relationship with Jesus as you follow Him. We'll be back after the podcast with more information. And now, today's message from Pastor Aaron Kozlowski, right here at Passion Church. No, I'm teasing. (laughs) Maybe. Uh Uh-oh. Nicole said, maybe. We're in trouble. Well, she's getting ready and getting Josiah all set there. We're just going to pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Your word rocks. Thank you, God, for your word. Thank you for the stability of your word. That you are so stable and so able and so faithful. We thank you, Lord, that we can stand on the rock of your word and not be shaken. So we thank you for it. As we open your word today, we honor you, Jesus. We honor your word. You are the word made flesh. We thank you. We thank you. We honor you today. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. Amen. So um, before before we go on, I have a little job for you. Um, Could you put up that slide? Yeah, thank you. Um, We want to stay in touch. And so um, if you, very rarely would I ever say, go ahead and use your phone in church. But I'm actually saying, go ahead and use your phone in church. All right. Um, If you go to Kozlowski.com, hey, that's us. Um, If you go to Kozlowski.com, there's a really easy way where we can stay in touch with you, where we can update you as to all that's happening, not only in our lives personally, but also in ministry and uh, where God has us around the world. And, uh, and we believe it, too. We believe that um, we're, we're starting here in the U.S., but that God has missions and missionaries. And, and we are just so excited for the countless hundreds of thousands um, that are going to be affected because we're stepping out in his plan for our lives. And, um, and so we just want to share that with you. We want to we keep touch with you. Um, so we love you guys, and so if you go to Kozlowski.com, just simply fill out the uh, form there, and it'll help us to keep in touch with you better, and uh, we appreciate it. Because you guys are family, so we expect to stay in touch with all of you guys. We'll hunt you down if if you don't. Um, But this is a family that God brought together through Pastor Scott and Christine, and... uh, (laughs) I don't know how long I'm going to last up here, but we, but we just, we love you guys so much. And I just quickly, before we start, I wanted to read, they got it, they got it. Okay. I wanted to read, um, uh, this morning I was reading a, 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 something a friend sent and it was so good, uh, from Isaiah 56. And I just want, I'm 55, and I just wanted to encourage you with this. Um, pay attention. Come. This is the message. I'm not going to say translation. It's not a translation. It's more like a paraphrase. But uh, Pay attention. Come close now. Listen carefully to my life-giving, life-nourishing words. I'm making a lasting covenant commitment with you, the same that I made with David. Sure, solid, enduring love. I set him up as a witness to the nations, made him a prince and leader of the nations, and now I'm doing it to you. 
You'll summon nations you've never heard of, and nations who've never heard of you will come running to you because of me, your God, because the Holy of Israel has honored you. So you'll go out in joy. You'll be led into a whole and complete life. The mountains and hills will lead the parade bursting with song. All the trees of the forest will join the procession, exuberant with applause. No more thistles, but giant sequoias. No more thorn bushes, but stately pines. Monuments to me, to God, living and lasting evidence of God. And I just wanted to encourage you with that this morning. You'll go out in joy. You'll be led into a whole and complete life. You go out in joy. And as I've been super emotional over the last few weeks and crying and, 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 I, and I thought on the way here, man, I'm doing really well. And I walked in and I just started bawling. So, but, but also, we want, he wants us to go out in joy. Amen. You know, he wants us to go out in joy. And I love something Diane, Diane and I were talking last week and something she said was so good that um, it's almost like we're, we're all being raised up to be sent out. And something that Aaron preached last week, and at the end of his message, he said, there are, there are places, there are churches, there are people that are waiting for you. There are nations that are waiting for you. And so we are, we are this is really hard, but we are choosing to go out in joy and to be led into a whole and complete life. And we believe that for all of us. You know, so the joy of the Lord is our strength. And this is a joyous occasion. This is a joyous day. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. It's exciting. It's really, really good. And we just love all of you so much. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. So today, there we go. Awesome. <laughs> the final word. It sounds so ominous, doesn't it? I didn't preview with you, no. The final word. We're not dying. <laughs> no, we're talking about the word of God. The word of God has the final say in your life and in my life. And the word of God is not the final word. We got to change it and make the word of God the final word. You good? Yeah. Okay. We have to make the word of God the final word because it is. We have to know it. We have to believe it. Um, so one of the things uh, that we, so there's just a few things that we've been wanting to, sh- that we want to share. Um, but the more you know his word, the more you know his will. Joshua 1, 7 through 9 says, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Study this book of instruction continually. Everyone say continually. Continually. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And one thing that the Lord has just been reminding me of is the more I know his word, the more I'll know his will. You know, because there's things and there's seasons in my life where I have have not, you know, been as there's seasons where I can pour over the word for hours and hours and hours, and there's seasons where I can't, you know, and it, but in those seasons where I, I can tell I haven't been in the word like I need to be, it's a lot harder for me to know, to, to hear what he's saying, because he's always speaking, but when I begin to distance myself, 
is when I begin to stop hearing him clearly. And so it's really important to know his word, to know what the word of God says. And there are things that are not clear cut and the Holy Spirit will reveal them to you. There's a lot of things that are not clear cut, but as a foundation, as a, just for life in general, the more I know the word, the more I, know, I will know his will and his plan for my life. Amen. Yeah. Um, so when I uh, when I first moved to New Jersey, um, I had this uh, the word of faith, like Kenneth Copeland, um, Kenneth Hagen, all of them. Like I I had this concept. I was like, oh my goodness, that's garbage. How could you ever say that? And so my uncle um, challenged me. He said, Well, have you actually listened to anything they're saying? Well. Well, no, I just know what everyone else is saying about what they're saying. And he caught me. And so I said, okay, well, I should actually listen for myself. And I did. And I listened to the scriptural truths that were pouring out of the Word of Faith movement at the time. And I was just blown away. I was like, oh, my goodness. They, they, this is the Word. This is, this is so scripture. It's all right there. And every concept of what I had been told of what other people were telling me was wrong. They weren't saying what other people were saying they were saying. You know, all those rumors, blab it, grab it, name it, claim it, all that good stuff. And, and so I began a journey of the word of God being the final word in my life. And so I moved here to Jersey at this, at this juncture where all of a sudden the word of God just became alive to me. And I began to learn about the word and the truth and the depths um, that are in it. And so um, one thing that I learned along the journey, we're just, this whole message is going to be little bits, tidbits and things that we've learned that um, we just want to share with you. This isn't the entirety of God's word. This isn't the entirety of everything you need to know in one message. This is just some some nuggets and some tidbits that we wanted to leave with you that we felt impressed that you needed to know as, uh, as we went from this place today. And that confession is not lying. When you confess God's word over yourself, I used to feel like in, in the early days when I, was, when I was beginning out, I used to feel like I was lying. I would feel sick as a dog and I would say, by his stripes, I am healed. Like, and there was this, this just, I was stuck because like I feel like I'm lying. I feel like I'm not saying the truth because I don't feel healed. I feel miserable. How you doing? Good. I feel horrendous. <laughs> Rick, where's Rick? Hi, Rick. Would you mind going downstairs to the cafe and getting one of the stools? Yeah, they're not up here. They're downstairs. Appreciate that. Thank you very much. <laughs> oh, Awesome. Asking you shall receive. Beautiful. So in Numbers chapter 23, this is what helped me through this, um, through this lack of understanding that I had. You ready? In Numbers chapter 23, verse 19, it says, God is not a man, so he does not lie. He is not human, so he does not change his mind. Has he ever spoken and failed to act? Has he ever promised and not carried it through? And of course, the answer to that is no. But think of um, how God created the entire universe. He showed up, 
saw darkness and he didn't agree with the darkness that he saw. He saw darkness, but that's not what he said. He said light. And what happened? Light was. When God says something, it comes to pass, period. So when you agree with God and when you declare over your life what God says about your life and what God says in his word, you're not lying if the things don't look like what God says. You're actually agreeing with God so they can come to pass because you are a man or woman created in the image of God Almighty here on the earth as a son or daughter of the king. You have authority because you are a human on earth. So you have the right and privilege of operating in this earth. But guess what? You have a dual citizenship. You are a son and daughter of God. You, have, you are an heir to the kingdom of heaven. So you have the right and authority to bring heaven to earth in everything you say. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus taught us how to pray. So when we speak God's word over a situation that does not yet look like the kingdom of God, you are establishing that thing as truth because what's that called when you actually believe what God says? I think that's called faith. Remember the woman with the issue of blood? She shows up all bloody, but she doesn't care. She grabs a hold of Jesus' hem of his garment. And what does Jesus say? Your faith has made you well. Man, when we believe God, it changes everything. It changes everything. Romans chapter 4, verse 16. So the promise is received by faith. It is given as a free gift, and we are all certain to receive it, whether or not we live according to the law of Moses, if we have faith like Abraham's. For Abraham is the father of all who believe. That is what the scriptures meant when God told him, I have made you the father of many nations. This happened because, why? Why did it happen? Because Abraham believed in the God who brings the dead back to life and who creates new things out of nothing. The New King James there says, who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. If If God were to say that you and I are a blue three-headed dog, man, get some kibble. Because that's what we would be. Thank God he didn't say that. But what has he said? He said in his word that by his stripes you are healed. He said that you are the head and not the tail. You're above and not beneath. Everything you put your hands to prospers. Man, his word, he and his word cannot be separated and is so crucial that uh, we honor his word, that we honor his word. When you say things that God says, you're not lying, you're finally telling the truth. John chapter 10, um, in, in, my, in, my, uh, in my early journey with Christ, I, mean, I remember moving to this to church from uh, Michigan and And uh, I began hearing this crazy message that you can actually hear God's voice. I was like, really? You can actually hear God's voice? That's crazy. See, like, like I had heard God's voice on occasion, 
like I would say maybe three times previous to moving here, but I didn't know that you can actually hear God's voice on a regular basis for yourself, for your life, dare I say daily and hourly basis. And so in John chapter 10, I believe that one of the first things you have to know in um, desiring to hear the voice of God is that you can and he wants to speak to you. It's, it's kind of like, you know, if there's a bank account in Switzerland with $10 million in it for with your name on it, if no one tells you and you're not aware of it, you will never have access to that money that is yours. It belongs to you. It's yours, but you'll never be able to enjoy it. You'll never access it because you're unaware of it. So the first thing we need to know is that God actually wants to speak to us. John 10, verse 2 John 10, 2 says, The man who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The watchman opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. He calls his own sheep by what? Name. Not only does God know your name, but he calls you by name. He speaks to you individually. That is huge. He calls his sheep by name. He doesn't just say, Shep. That's the plural of sheep, in case you didn't know. Now you do. Now you do. See, you're all smarter. Don't believe me. I'm teasing. Okay. <laughs> so we're like, Real? really? Is that? No, not true. Um, he calls his sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on, this is great, you ready? Ahead of them. He goes out ahead of them. See, it's safe being a sheep because he has already prepared the way safely. Where he goes, it's safe to follow because he's already cleared a path. Why make your own path when you can just follow the shepherd? Because that's definitely where it's safest. When he brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. I pray that over you today, that you would not recognize the stranger's voice. That you would hear the voice of the stranger and go, uh, nope, that's wrong. That's not, that's not my Jesus. That you would know the voice of your shepherd, and that you would follow him all the days of your life. My sheep, verse, uh, chapter 10, verse 27, listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. But here's the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. You know, the disciples didn't quite grasp that. The disciples were like, no, Jesus, we want you here right now with us because that's what makes sense. He says, no, it's to your advantage that I go away. For if I don't go away, the divine encourager. Isn't that great? The divine encourager will not be released to you. But after I depart, I will send him to you. Aren't you grateful for the divine encourager? Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> I, love, I love this, this verse, um, this passage, John chapter 10. And I just, I won't go into details because it's long, but I remember when we first got married and there was a decision I had to make that was, uh, it seemed really obvious to me. Um, and it was, it was a kind of an emergency situation, a family emergency situation. And, 
and it was really obvious to me. And I was like, Aaron, I have to go, you know, to, to this person. And he said, well, what is the Lord telling you? And I was like, what? <laughs> you know, how dare you? This is, this person is very close to me and I need to be there for them. And he had just come home from a men's breakfast with actually Pastor Jerry Peterson. And uh, he had just come home from a men's breakfast. He said, I want you to listen to this CD. There were CDs then. So, so no, it was a CD. Oh, I don't know. Okay. But anyway, it was old. So he, he had just come home. Pastor Jerry was here ministering to all the men. And I listened to it. And in it, um, he had talked about how to hear God's voice, how to get to that place. Because sometimes we're so inundated with distractions or our own emotions, right? Because especially us we women can be very emotional, right? So, uh, no. So, I, you know, I, I wanted to make a decision based off of my emotions and what I thought was the right thing to do. And I listened to this, and he, and he just shared... Um, you know, on how to get into that place where you can, where you're hearing, really hearing what the Lord is speaking to you. And um, one of the first things he shared was John chapter 10, I hear the voice of my shepherd and the voice of another I will not listen to. And I just repeated that over and over and over again. There was more to it as well, but um, I hear the voice of my shepherd and the voice of another I will not listen to. to. Till I got to the point where there was no distraction from a stranger's voice, that I was fully, I was fully hearing what the Spirit of God was saying. And actually, in that instance, he was telling me opposite of what I was going to do and it worked out better than I could have even imagined. But it's really important to remind yourself, you know, because sometimes we're walking through the day and we don't even realize, like, all these voices that we're hearing. And we need to, we need to remind ourselves. We need to take that uh, the, the, the captive the thoughts that are not of him. And we need to remind ourselves, I hear the voice of my shepherd, the voice of another I will not listen to until we get to that place where we know that we know that we're hearing the spirit of God. Okay, so the next thing we wanted to share was uh, just another thing that we've learned over the years is offense is the bait of Satan. <laughs> if you've ever read John Bevere's The Bait of Satan, it's true. Um, what is bait? Bait is used to lure, right? And so one of the biggest tactics that the enemy uses, should I pause? Okay. Do, 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 do. This is, if we were in kids' church, we would say, Simon says, raise your hand. Am I good? Okay. Um, one of the biggest tactics that the enemy uses is offense. And this is the best way I can describe it. It looks like a nice, warm, gooey chocolate chip cookie, but once you take a bite of it, you realize it's more like a moldy sock, right? That's offense. It's so tempting. It's so tempting. And, it's, and it stems from pride. It really stems from pride. And I remember when we first got married, and I, I was still learning a lot, and I'm still learning a lot. We never stop learning. But I was kind of an, even though I grew up in a Christian home, I had walked away from it for a while. My dad prayed for me for years. So thank you, Dad. Um, thank but you. <laughs> but uh, I was still, there was still a lot I was, I was learning. And I remember being really upset with someone when we first got married. And and I remember Aaron saying, just pray for them. And I was like, what? <laughs> you want me to pray for them? And it's true. When we pray for someone, and not 
God fix them because they're morons. Like, that's not yeah. the kind of prayer that no, he's asking no, no. us to pray. Yeah, that's that's sin. That's not prayer. Just, yeah. just clarifying. Yeah. We... <laughs> When we truly, because ultimately we want God's heart for people. You know, even, and I want to encourage you, okay, not what I was going to share, but I believe somebody needs to hear it during this election season, okay? Don't take the bait. <laughs> don't take the bait. Whoever you're voting for. And, and one thing that I've been sharing with my, with my boys, because we've been taking a government class, government and elections class, and it's been so good. And um, one of their activities was... This is a rabbit trail, but this is important. I feel like somebody needs to hear this. And you're not going to hear my rabbit trails anymore, so deal with it. But, but there was an activity they had to do. Um, if you don't know, and I won't go into all the details, but the Republican Party, the symbol of the Republican Party is the elephant. The symbol of the Democratic Party is the donkey. Not for reasons we might be thinking right now, but there's meaning, be <laughs> there's meaning behind it, okay? I'm not getting political. So oh, really? <laughs> can we erase things, Stephen? Can we? Okay. So, <laughs> so anyway, there's two symbols, right? There's two symbols. And for those of you who are not normally here, I don't get political every Sunday, I promise. They're, I'm going somewhere. I'm going somewhere. Um, so there are two symbols, and they made these pockets, these little pockets of these symbols. And then there were a, just a bunch of different issues that share, you know, different issues on, on life, on um, education, on environment, on uh, homosexuality, all that kind of stuff. And, and there, were, there were, it was the, what the Democratic Party believes, what the Republican Party believes. And, and it wasn't, it was completely unbiased, right? And so, and then there were scriptures to back each, you know, to back up, to, uh, to go along with each issue, not with each party, but with each, each issue. And what they had to do was determine, not based on who anybody was voting for, what they thought of who was running, but they had to determine who they were going, or what they believed, right, according to what the Bible says, what do we believe according to what the Bible says? And so it's not based on, you're not voting for a person, you're voting for a principle. You're voting for a biblical principle. And so uh, we kind of went through that and where they were just reading each one and, okay, well, this is what I believe. So I'm going to put it in this pocket. This is what I believe. So I'm going to put it in this pocket. One was very full. One was not. But um, I lost where I was going. Offense? Yes, okay, so thank you. So offense, right? This is a really, really easy season to become offended. This is a really easy time right now and in, and an hour in which it can be very easy to take the bait, not just on social media, not just with, I mean, I'm seeing it cause division between family and friends and in churches and it's, it's pretty wild. But also, we don't want to take offense with the person that's running that we don't agree with, okay? Amen. We don't want, we pray for them, bless yeah. them. Yeah. And so, yeah. so on a, on not just on a personal level, but on a, on a global level, we need to be sure not to take offense with what, with, with people that we don't agree with because God created that person. He died, Jesus died for that person. He wants to see, it grieves his heart 
if someone is not walking with him. So we, wanna, we want to make sure that we are praying and blessing all those in authority, all those in government, our spouses, our children, our parents, it, wherever offense is not fun. And I'll tell you, there's offense can cause, I know for me, there times, seasons where I've dealt with things physically and I didn't know where it was coming from. There were moments in my time with the Lord where he would say, you need to forgive that person. And I would, I would just go before the Lord and ask, first ask him to forgive me for being offended and just bring that person before the Lord and forgive them and bless them. And my physical ailments would go away because we don't realize it, but offense actually eats away at so much more than, than just our spirit. So Luke chapter 17, verse one through five, Jesus is talking and he says to his disciples, it is inevitable that stumbling blocks come, but woe to him through whom they come. It would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea than that he would cause one of these little ones to stumble. Okay, but we don't remember that in the moment. In the moment, we're like, we're seething, right? But we need to remember this. Be on your guard. If your brother sins, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times a day and returns to you seven times saying, I repent, forgive him. Everybody say, forgive him. Forgive him. This is now, I added this verse in here because the apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. Why did they say that? Because it's hard. It's not easy. But if there's something that we can leave you with, it is do not take the bait. Offense is an ugly, ugly, ugly thing. And it's, you know, I've heard this said so many times. Unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting someone else to die. It's not hurting the person that you're offended with. It's hurting you. And I don't know about you, but I want to be free and clear of offense. Times where I've found myself in offense and then I've walked into that place of forgiveness and I've, I've chosen forgiveness, there's such a freedom and such a release and such a, so it's so freeing to be free, to not have offense. Um, so that was something I wanted to share. And then Matthew chapter 6, verse 14 through 15, for if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your father will not forgive your sins. It is so crucial that we forgive, that we not stay in offense, because it costs us dearly. I cannot afford to have my sins held against me. No way. Why, why, when Jesus paid for every one of them, would I choose to keep them by holding someone else's sin against them? I have to be as free to forgive as I have been forgiven. And you know what? You don't, the other person doesn't even need to know that you've forgiven them. It's between you. You need to forgive. You need to release that garbage. You need to not hold that weight. You need to be free from the offense. You don't have to tell them. They don't even need to know. But you have to forgive. All right. We want to talk about worship. Maybe. Have the next slide. You want to share? Yeah. Uh, something that, that one of my favorite things to do is just get alone with God and worship Him. It's dead again. Thanks, Liz. 
um, one of my favorite things to do is just get alone with God and worship him. And I love worshiping him corporately too as a body. But there's something for me about getting up really early in the morning before anybody's awake and and just just worshiping him. And one of the things that the Lord has shown me over, over the years is worship doesn't put God on the throne. It reminds us that he's already there. And, and it's really important that we enter into his, you know, the Psalm 100 says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Why are we thanking him and praising him? Because we know he's good. We know he's on the throne. And so um, the last couple of days, I had just been experiencing some some health stuff, and I didn't know what, I don't know what it is or what it was, um, but I've had to remind myself of this, you know, that I, because I, you know, and worship brings us out of our own self and, and our thoughts and focusing on who he is. Um, Colossians chapter three, verse one through four says, thank you. Christ's resurrection is your resurrection too. That is why, this is why we are to yearn for all that is above, for that's where Christ sits enthroned at the place of all power, honor, and authority. For that's where Christ sits, not sat. He didn't get up to take a break. He didn't get up because our situation was too far gone for him. That's where Christ sits, enthroned at the place of all power, honor, and authority. Feast on all the treasures of the heavenly realm and fill your thoughts with heavenly realities. Everybody say heavenly realities. Heavenly realities. And not with the distractions of the natural realm. Your crucifixion with Christ has severed the tie to this life. And now your true life is hidden away in God in Christ. And as Christ himself is seen for who he really is, who you really are will also be revealed. For you are now one with him in his glory. I love that passage. I love the whole Bible. But, yes. but it's a reminder that he's still on the throne. And he's really good. And the last couple of days I had been going through some physical stuff and it's you know, if you get a paper cut, you know what it is. You take care of it. When you're experiencing symptoms and you don't know what they are, it can be a little nerve-wracking, right? And so I've had to continually remind myself, and this guy has done that too, um, that that he he is sitting at the, he is sitting. I like that line. Oh, it's gone. Okay, he is sitting um, enthroned at the place of all power, honor, and authority. And guess what? I'm seated in heavenly places with him. And so as I worship him, I'm not putting God back on the throne. You know, when we come to him begging him to do something, we're assuming that our worship is, cre- we're, are, is meant to put him back on the throne. When I come to him and worship him, it's from a place of being seated with him. And it's a reminder that he's still there and he's really good and he's faithful and true. And he's not a man that he should lie. See, this is where the word comes in too, because it all begins to weave together. You know, when I worship, if I'm worshiping him, they, they worship and the word are inter- and prayer are all, should all be intertwined. If I'm worshiping him and I don't really know the word, then I'm, then I'm, then I'm kind of worshiping him from a place of, of not being sure of who I am or who he is, right? But I'm, when I'm worshiping him and I've been in the word, then I worship him. As I'm worshiping him, the word is beginning to come in and, and I'm setting what he says in motion, Does that make sense? And so we want to worship him from a place of knowing that we're seated with him in that place of all power and honor and authority, and we're not trying to put him back on the throne. 
One of my favorite passages is, well, do you want to share that? Uh, sure. Okay. Um, Paul, and, Paul and Silas worshiped God at midnight after they had been beaten with canes and rods. Isn't that fun? Sounds like a great time to worship, doesn't it? But that's the best time to worship. Paul and Silas worship God at midnight. What's midnight? It's inconvenient. It's dark. There's nothing really going on. You'd rather be doing a thousand other things called sleeping. Yet they worshiped at midnight. And their chains, the earth began to shake. Their chains fell off. Not only their chains, but everyone around them was also set free. Because two people in the midst of an inconvenient moment after having just been beaten, chose to worship anyway. What happens when you choose to worship anyway? Only God knows what can be accomplished when you choose to worship anyway. Amen. What's amazing to me is that they were, they, they, when they were worshiping and their chains fell off and the prison doors opened, they didn't run. So they were not worshiping. This is really important. They were not worshiping for themselves. Yeah. That's something that we need to, as the body of Christ, get, grab a hold of. It's so important. They were, not, they were not focused inwardly, and they had every right to be in the natural, right? But they were not focused inwardly. They were not worshiping just for themselves. They were worshiping with, with, with others in mind, and that's really important. They weren't worshiping. They weren't worshiping to get the answer to their prayer met. If they were, they would have jumped on the fact that they were finally free. I would have. Yeah. They were worshiping because God was worthy. Yeah. And their situation didn't change his worth or that he was worthy of their worship. Yeah. So they worshiped even though <laughs> things weren't looking the way they wanted it to. But their worship wasn't to manipulate God into giving them what they needed. They worshiped because he was worthy, period. And they, and they worshiped because it was something they always did. You know, like for me, I'll throw myself under the bus. When I try to grab a hold of, a, of, a, of something I know I should have been doing all along, and I try to do it in a moment of desperation, and, and just because I know, I know I should have been doing this, and, and you know what, God is so faithful and merciful that he, he's always there, and he's, he's so good, but... There's something about when I've been consistently spending time in his presence, when I've been consistently spending time in the word and in time worshiping him in time in prayer, that it just comes out naturally. Yes. It's, it's second nature because it's something that I've been doing all along. So it's, you know, when, when we're on the mountaintop is when we should actually be, you know, start that discipline because, because then when we... When we get into the valley, then we go, oh, I know what to do. Yes. This, is, this, is, this is easy. I know what to do. Amen. Our last thought for uh, today is that you are loved. 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 This is something that has always burned in my heart. John 3.16, we know it, but it's true. For God so loved the world, that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save 
the world through him. You are loved. Why did, G- why did Father God give his son? Because of his great love for you. In Romans chapter 5, this is probably one of my favorite passages in all of scripture. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. This verse and this passage became so real to me in a season where I had rebelled against my parents. I had turned my home upside down. I had made it my life a literal living hell. It was not fun. And as I returned to God, realizing the error of my ways, I had the hardest time forgiving myself because I knew what to do and I chose to not do it willfully. That's the definition of sin. I knew what God wanted me and to do, and I pulled the Jonah and did the exact opposite. And as hard as I possibly could. And so here it says, you see, at just the right time when we were still powerless, Christ died for who? The ungodly. Christ didn't die for you because you were going to serve him. He didn't die for you because one day you were going to get it right. He didn't die for the saved. He died for the ungodly. And who does he love? Everyone. He died for the ungodly. He gave up his life, the greatest gift he could ever give, and it wasn't because there was the promise that you were going to be his. It was because he loved you. Period. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That is God's kind of love. It's not a conditional love. It's not the kind of love that says, well, since I know you'll serve me one day, then I'll die for you. No, he died for everyone. Everyone has the same opportunity to receive Christ across the board. If you haven't made that decision to make him Lord of your life, I pray that you will. It's the most important decision that you will ever make. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. None of us was alive when Jesus died on the cross. That's such an easy, obvious, well, duh, yeah, right? So when was God's demonstrated love demonstrated? Before you were born. Before you were born, God declared, I love you before you were born. So therefore, your life cannot change that love. If you choose to serve him, he cannot love you anymore. If you choose to reject him, he cannot love you any less. You're loved by an infinite God who created you because he desired you to be his. He loves us. That declaration was already made before you were born. Therefore, your life can't change his love for you. But it gets better. Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? It is good to be his. 
For if while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having now been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Not only is this so, but we also boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. We've received that reconciliation. I had the hardest time forgiving myself for the mistakes I had made until I came across this verse that declared so boldly that God loves me and he loved me before I was born. So what I have done cannot change his love. He died for the ungodly. He didn't die because I was gonna get it all right. He died to be my Lord, my savior, my brother, my father, my comforter. And in that, we become new creations. The old is gone, the new has come. And that is so glorious and beautiful. So what? You are loved. You are loved. Father God loves you infinitely, infinitely, infinitely. But what about, doesn't change his love. It doesn't change his love. Now, is that permission to go and do whatever I want? No, because he will love you even if you choose to go to hell. And it will break his heart. If you, God could have a broken heart. It's complicated. He sorrows over you. But instead, instead follow him all the days of your life because he loves you and he's a good father. He's a great daddy who loves you unconditionally. I just wanna pray over you very briefly and then I'm gonna ask Reverend Joe to come up in just a moment. Father, I thank you for these truths that we've shared today. Lord, I thank you that you are faithful that you are good. I thank you that you love us unconditionally. I thank you, Lord, that there's always room for us to come to you. I thank you, Lord, that when we worship, Lord, we're put in remembrance that you are already on the throne. Lord, I thank you that, that we will not hold on to offense. We will not hold on to, in, to unforgiveness but instead we will forgive as we have been forgiven. God, we thank you. Jesus, we thank you that we hear the voice of our shepherd and the voice of another we will not listen to. Lord, I thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness to each and every one of us. In Jesus' name, amen. So what's next? What's next for us as individuals? Um, Pastor Scott will be continuing for the next few months to be sharing messages on facebook.com forward slash passion churches. Just like you can watch online now uh, through Facebook, those uh, will be continued. Also, Pastor Scott has his own channel on YouTube called Espresso Thoughts. Um, not Expresso, E-S-P-R-E-S-S-O, Thoughts. Um, you, can, you can tune into that as well. Um, but online church is not the goal. The goal is for what? For us to be the body. The goal is for us to be planted. 
Because each and every one of us need to be planted somewhere where we are thriving, where we are growing, where we are bringing our gifts. And if you want to talk more about that, listen to last week's message. All right. So on behalf of Pastor Scott, you're starting to cry already. (laughs) On behalf of Pastor Scott, Pastor Christine, Pastor Nicole, and myself, we would like to let you know of just a few options that there are in this area, in this region, um, where you can get planted. Um, If you are concerned about rides or if walking is an issue for you and you need to be close, right up the street, there's Bethany. Bethany is an incredible church. Um, If you need to be close, also, uh, Pastor Jerry and Kim today at 4 o'clock will have an interest meeting for a new work that they are starting as well at the Skyline Lakes Firehouse um, in Ringwood. I know that uh, some of you have made the decision to go uh, to Abundant Life in Whippany um, with Pastor Donnie Rosa or even the plant in Mawa. We just want to let you know. West Milford and West Milford. Yeah, they have, they have two locations. Um, well, you could, it might not go well. Apparently, good job. <laughs> like we talked about last week, you are part of what? The body. So be the body. You might be a little toe, you might be a spleen, you might be a pumping heart. Whatever your part is, do it well. Be planted because a plant will never grow if it's not planted those roots got to get in that soil to find the nutrition that is available to it so I encourage you with all that's in me be planted God has a place for you he has a place for you to be planted you are unique there's no one exactly like you I want to encourage you, get planted wherever the Spirit of God is leading you. It needs you there because you are special. There's no one like you, so get planted. Reverend Joe. Real fast, we just want to thank, you know, there's so many of you that have been so faithful over the years. I was watching Stephen walk up, getting ready to, to turn off the live stream and Stephen has been in sound since he couldn't be in kids' church anymore. So he was in sound with us until he was 19, I think, right? And then I think Pastor Scott was like, guys, you need to let him go. (laughs) So he moved up here, but he faithfully serves in sound almost weekly with with his beautiful wife, Rebecca. Um, We're just so thankful for you. Rick, Rick has ushered. For like and, and all of you, I mean, I, I could go through every row. You'll kill me, but I could go through every row and just call out what you've done over the years, and we're so grateful. Um, Rick has ushered every week <laughs> up until the pandemic. Dave Donna Maria isn't here today, but there's times he's ushered and done sound simultaneously, <laughs> right? And coffee, and coffee. Diane has been praying every Sunday morning before service, every Monday night uh, uh, when we had prayer on Fridays. I mean, just all of you, so many gems, Barbara and gems, and Mary Lou helping me in kids' church, and 
rose planting. We were at, we were doing a conference here last last fall, I guess it was, and uh, and Rose Rose it was her one day off. Thank you. It's her one day off, and she came to the to the conference we were doing here. And after lunch, she said, "I'm going to go outside and do some weeding. I want the church to look beautiful." She's, I mean, you all have been, and countless, I can, I can go through and I won't, I promise, but we'll save that for later, but we're just so grateful. You know, you hear, um, you hear of, of, because we've just met with different pastors and, you know, you hear it's always so hard to find volunteers and we're like, really? (laughs) Because you guys are so faithful and you have, it's been a pleasure and a joy to serve alongside of you for so long. Amen. And we will we will meet together downstairs and we will brag on all of you really hard, really big. Um, we're so proud of all of you. One more. My Lizzie, who has done, during the pandemic, did sound every week. Reverend Joe. I couldn't let the day end without just doing a little reminiscing of where we've been and where we are. I've been here probably about 20 plus years. I came from Pastor Scott's house, small church. We came here and we built a church, church family. The building was here, but maybe a lot of you don't know that underneath this carpet, there's the word of God written from here down to the exit. There's scripture. You're standing on scripture. This is a special place. It's special because you're special, each and every one of you. We have had weddings here. We have had memorials here. People have birthed their children here. They're having baby dedications here. I know most of you. I've worked with you. We've worked together. We, we, there's a lot of sweat that went into into. This building itself, taking it from where it was to where it is now. I vacationed with some of you. We've spoken. We've shared. There's a lot of things that have happened in this thing. And as you go, I want you to take those memories with you and plant them somewhere. I don't know exactly what's going to happen with this building, but you know what? We're going to pray over this building. We're going to pray over this building because we prayed when we came in. And we're going to pray when we walk out because there's power. The Holy Spirit is here. And the Holy Spirit is not going to leave because I pray that there's a man or woman or man or woman of God that will come and take over this building that will continue the work in this area and will further the kingdom. Because what we planted, someone else will put water and somebody else will take to full growth. It's not over Because God said it's not over. We have a lot to give. No matter where we go, we have a lot to give. We're going to take the things that we learned here. Pastor Scott was an awesome teacher, an awesome teacher. We all grew. Our children grew. There's a lot of things that we're going to take from this place, and we're going to take what we learned, and we're going to take that out to other places. And maybe it's a good thing because, you know, now we're we're scattered all over the place. A lot of times when, you know, seed that's planted here and the wind will take it and it'll scatter it someplace else and there will be growth that will take place that might have not taken place if we just stayed confined. Okay, we did our part. 
we changed the world. We sent people out to all different parts of the world. We sent missionaries out. We went on mission trips. There was a lot of that. People shared their hearts. People shared their hearts through, through testimonies in this place. There was exciting things that happened. And that excitement is not going to end. So as we close the doors of this chapter, of this chapter, when, no matter where we end up, let the Spirit of God just well up inside of you and take what you've learned here and take it someplace else and use it. So right now, I just want you to be in agreement with me as we pray over this building and what's going to happen next. Lord God, I just pray, Lord, that you would bring a man or woman of God who will see the opportunity here, see the opportunity in this area. They're still hurting people in this area. Lord, bring them here, Lord, that it not, might not just be another piece of real estate, Lord, but this would be used to further God's word in this area. Lord, we thank you for the times that we had here. We thank you, Lord, for the people's lives that have been changed, people that have been baptized in the Holy Spirit, that have gone out, that have prophesied. We thank you for them right now. We thank you, Lord, that we had the opportunity to minister to others. We thank you, Lord, for the opportunities that we had on Wanakew Day to minister to during, during outreaches. We thank you for the coffee house that we had and the people that came in. Lord, each and every one of those things was a stepping stone that you put for us. And Lord, we fulfilled what, what you called us to do. So right now, we pray over this building as we, as we exit today, Lord. But it's not over. It's not over, Lord. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for the, the, the mighty work that you're going to do in this place. Lord, and as we pass this building, Lord, we're just going to raise up and we're going to pray for it. We're going to pray that the right person or persons come to this place and take it to the next level. And all in agreement said, amen, amen and amen. Thank you. Uh, Diane? Thank you, Jesus. Hello. We worship you, Lord. We give you honor. We give you the praise, and we give you the glory, Lord. All that we have done is for your name and for your glory, Lord. We worship you and we thank you, God. Hallelujah. Um, I was just worshiping today, well, the other day and praying. And the Bible tells us that our Father God is the gardener. And the Bible also tells us that we have been grafted into the vine. And it hurts. It hurts when we're pruned, but it also hurts because something new is being grafted into us. He's grafting something into us, a new thing that he wants us to bring to life. We thank you, God. Oh, he's bringing new fruit out of what he has planted in us. He's, he's, oh God, he's picking, he's, I saw him putting in new branches on each and every one of us, Lord. And we thank you, God, that this is an open wound, but that's where your hand is. Your hand is there uh, 
tending it, nurturing it, healing it, and protecting it and loving it, Lord. I thank you, God, that you are preparing each and every one of us to bear new fruit on the branches that you are grafting into us, God. And I thank you that your hands are upon each and every one of us, that your hands are upon this church, Lord, as we go forth, Lord, we pray for a bounty and a harvest, some 100, some 60, some 30-fold in Jesus' name, Lord. Hallelujah. Yes, and also I want to welcome you all downstairs. We're going to have a celebration to honor Pastor Aaron and Pastor Nicole. Um, there's cake and coffee, and also a, it's a good opportunity to fellowship with one another. We love you all. Thanks be to God. Hallelujah, Lord. I just, uh, I just, my my Episcopalian roots are coming through. At the end, <laughs> go and serve the Lord with uh, thanks be to God. <laughs> Amen. I just had to share this because this was so on my heart this morning. Um, just so thankful for all you people here. We've been out of here almost five years now. Um, but this is a special place. God's done amazing work, but God's not done. And Hebrews 6.10 came to me. He said, there is not unrighteousness with God to forget what you've done and what you've sown for him. We are all as living stones being built up into a spiritual household. These are, these are just walls made by men. When God decides to close them, it's okay because we're the house. This is just man stuff. We need to focus on the spiritual. So as, we, as, we, as everyone has been saying, to, and to persevere to the next thing God has for us, it is going to be amazing to see what he will bring about as we look unto him and not what the past was because the future is important. So thank, thank God for being faithful. Thank God for all the relationships. And this is just, listen, we're a family here. Everybody's family. The body of Christ is so much bigger than we understand most of the time. Keep your eyes focused on your brothers and sisters. If you don't find a place to meet, meet in your houses. Maintain the family. That's what's important. That's what God wants to do. So I'm thankful for all you people. God is amazing. I'm thankful for Aaron and Nicole. They've meant so much to us. We've we got so many memories. Everybody here. So thank you, guys. I love you, brother. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you and give you peace. May the road rise up to meet you and may every mountain crumble before you. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen. Join us downstairs. God bless you, those watching online. Thank you for watching today. Thank you for being here today. What an incredible day. God is good. And we will see you downstairs. Bye. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We believe you can have a part in what God is doing through Passion Church. Your generosity helps us make a difference in the lives of those who are touched by the ministry here. Visit passionchurches.com or simply text the word PASSIONNJ to 77977 and follow the links to give. Text and data rates may apply. If you have any questions or feedback that you'd like to share with us, everything you need can be found at passionchurches.com. We can't wait to hear from you. On our website, you can download our app, connect with us on social media, and check out all that's happening here at the church. Again, thank you for listening, right here at Passion Church.